0: From the Jacob Media Studios, it's Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough on News Talk 1400 WOND. Be inspired, learn and understand the power of becoming a servant leader and transform your life while serving our nation. Meet those who have served our country, learn about prosperity and overcome sickness, poverty and despair. Serving Our Nation begins right now. And a good Sunday afternoon, everyone, and welcome in to Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough. My name is Joe Krause from Jacob Media. So glad to be back on News Talk 1400, W-O-N-D. And Paul, Dr. Paul, as I turn over the audio and turn over the controls uh, for today's edition of Serving Our Nation, uh, I want to say congrats to you, sir. You made it to week number two as we come to you every Sunday here on Newstalk 1400 WOND. Dr. Paul, all yours, sir.
1: Thanks, Joe. Again, my name is Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and I'm so glad to welcome you to Episode 2 of Serving Our Nation on WOND 1400 AM. Serving Our Nation is a program focused on encouraging people to become servant leaders. And each week, I want to tell you just a little bit about my story and why this program is so important to me. A number of years ago, when I moved from Japan with my family while I was still in the military, we came to a church in Cherry Hill called Kingsway Church. And one of my guests last week was Pastor Phil Caparilli. And I don't know if you recall, but Pastor Phil had mentioned that one of the things that the church did was a project called Second Saturday. Every second Saturday of a month, the church would engage in a service project doing something to serve the community in the local Cherry Hill and Philadelphia area. And so I thought this was really important. I wanted to engage in that as much as possible. And one particular Saturday afternoon, the church was having a serve project to help homeless veterans in Philadelphia. And I wanted to invite my children to do this with me to really see what it's like to serve uh, people that are less fortunate than yourself. And so I went out with many others from the church, as well as my own children, and before we actually got to the location where there was a lot of homeless people, we went to the church and we packed up a lot of lunches, and we packed up a lot of clothes to be able to distribute, along with Bibles, when we got to the homeless uh, locations. So we got there. And there was just people coming out of the woodwork when we, they saw that we were giving out food and clothing and Bibles. And more importantly, we were praying for people and laying hands on people and asking God to bring healing to people's lives. And so at first, my kids were just observing the situation, but it didn't take long for them to say, I'd like to participate in this. This is something that is really important and really powerful. And so my daughter started handing out food and clothing. My son started praying for people. And it was something that I never forgot, and they never forgot. Fast forward a little bit in time. I was working at the Defense Logistics Agency in Philadelphia. And it just so happened that the route to and from my work, I was passing a lot of homeless people on the street. And if I had food with me or if I had cash with me, I would provide that to any homeless people that came and were walking by my vehicle. But the idea of serving homeless people really became uh, front and center in my mind the more I saw that every day going to work. And so as I was getting ready to retire from the military, as fate would have it, um, a friend of mine pointed me in the direction of a nonprofit called Haven. And Haven is a organization that helps female homeless veterans get up off the street and get their lives back together. And so about a year ago, I was offered an opportunity to serve on the board of Haven. And about a month and a half ago, I was actually given an opportunity to serve as the president of Haven. And so today I have a couple of very special guests that I work with in Haven. And I'm going to talk to you about them in just a little bit. But I want to just remind you briefly about the idea behind the program. Each week, I'm going to have two really special guests that have some kind of a connection to each other. And the idea is to encourage you to be a servant leader. Because I really believe that serving is for everyone in all walks of life, in your family, in business, in your faith, your community, in the military. And when you get out and you serve people in different ways, blessings follow. I really, truly I'm passionate about the idea that when you see a need, you need to fill that need. Because regardless of whether you might have ministry credentials or not, we're all ministers. And we're all called to serve with the special gifts that God has given us. And so today, I've got two great servant leaders. One of them is named Nicole Amelia Casper, and she works with me at Haven. She's also an award-winning documentarian. She's in charge of being the Veterans services advocate at Haven, and she's also a professor and a mentor in the Upward Bound program. My other guest today is Ms. Kristen Leone. She's the vice president at Haven, and she's also a lieutenant commander in the Navy she's the host of a TV show called Breaking Barriers. So we're going to cut to a commercial because we have to pay the bills on 1400 WOND. But when we come back, I am so glad to welcome our first guest, Nicole, and we will be back shortly. Thank you so much for tuning in. South Jersey's News Talk, 1400
0: WOND. You're listening to Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough, a Jacob Media production.
1: And welcome back to Serving Our Nation on 1400 WOND. I'm Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and this show is Serving Our Nation produced by Jacob Media. I'm joined today by Miss Nicole Emilio Casper. Nicole, are you with us today? Nicole?
2: Yes, hello.
1: How are you, Nicole? Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Oh, I'm very good. Thank you for having me.
1: It is my pleasure. Nicole, you've got a very extensive work history, and you've done a lot to serve people in different ways. I'm wondering if you can start off by telling us your work with documentaries and really your reason for getting into that kind of work. Oh,
2: sure, sure, definitely. Um, You know, as I was really thinking about this, so many um, have asked me this. And if you want to take a journey back to my years in college, I was always intrigued by helping others, overcome challenges. Like, frankly, you know, helping friends overcome seemingly insurmountable obstacles. So as a psychology major, um, and like many other college students, you know, academic, city, and in culture, um, you know, I was really just intrigued by helping others, and I was also by communications and filmmaking, but never pursued it in college because so many told me to take a safe route to become a psychologist or a therapist. So even though I didn't pursue it in college, the seed was planted there, and I knew particularly that I wanted to produce a documentary um, specifically on the topic of So fast forward to 2005, I moved to Germany uh, with my Opportunity to work at American Forces Network, which was great. I produced um, many radio and TV news stories there, uh, and telling stories, human interest stories of triumph over challenge. And then again, that seed was planted. I I loved doing what I was doing, but I knew to produce a longer piece, um, something really impactful. <clears throat> so fast forward to 2014, I had um, an opportunity to volunteer at all places at a prison. Um, And I really, that passion really stayed there to produce a documentary um, on a faith-based program called Voices of Hope. Um, And it was, you know, it it completely um, highlighted this Transformational faith based program that really empowered and educated the men there. And my intent was to, you know, put forth um, a different perspective of prison because my perspective completely changed. And I believe those who saw the film felt the same way. And that was really the intent to tell the story of transformation in a film. It's really a great vehicle, just really like none other. Um, film has the power to communicate through images. And a compelling story to change the hearts and minds of, of the community of really any given topic. So um, my my main documentary that I produced it's called The Journey Back to Normal. It's called, um, it was a look at complementary therapies to combat PTSD. Uh, it was screened across the country, East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, um, and also screened at many universities, and it highlighted complementary therapies to combat PTSD and um for veterans and really others experiencing trauma, and it was really well received. And the therapies highlighted were equine therapy, canine therapy, nature therapy, and actually shooting therapy. So, um, a lot of a lot of the audiences, um, you know, their perspective was changed, and, and a lot of college students they were enlightened by these complementary therapies and. Um, what I've heard, that they have since incorporated it into, you know, even curriculum at nursing school or, or, you know, medical school because they just weren't aware of these complementary therapies. So um, my third documentary is is definitely in the works. It's called Hidden Wounds, and we're going to touch upon many different issues that... um, that space. face, um, anything that you can think of um, in terms of mental health, um, job resources, transition, transitioning from the military. Um, and one of the reasons I mainly focused on, um, you know, veteran issues is that, yes, I lived in the military community for 20 years. A lot of my best, best girlfriend served overseas in combat. And after, you know, 9-11 and after the war started in two thousand three. Everything just changed, and the larger civilian communities, they just didn't get it, and that's why I, I really wanted to, um, you know, make this part of my you know, overall mission and, and incorporate it into my everyday work. Um, so, yes, um, the documentaries in the works, and um, I'll definitely let you know how it goes.
1: Nicole, thank you so much for sharing that. I love all this different work that you're doing, especially when you're talking about telling the story and doing that through a video kind of narrative. When you were talking about prisons and the veteran population, that really spoke to my heart. Uh, A person that I work with in the American Bible Society, he was previously leading a ministry in prisons. And when you give a Bible to somebody in prison, it really changes their life. And even... In the veteran population, there are so many people that have untold stories, and there's less than one-half of 1% of our American population that presently serves in the military. So there's a lot of people that don't fully understand what it means to serve, and I think your documentaries really bring to light so many of the untold stories of how lives are changed both in the military, the veteran population, the prison population. I just love all the work that you're doing. Yes,
2: yes. Thank you so much. I think it's important that, you know, that the community does know. Um, I've lived, you know, all over the country and, and overseas, and, and when I, um, you know, meet a, you know, I'm always meeting new people all the time, and, and, and some just, you know, are, are just really unaware, and, and they care, and they do support, many do support military and, and military families and veterans, but they really just don't know, you know, specifically what, what many go through.
1: Nicole, I wonder: um, Do you have a favorite documentary or a role model, somebody that you aspired to be in your work as a documentarian? Well, it's
2: funny because I don't really watch a lot of TV or you know, um, you know, popular documentaries out there. But in within the film and military community, and, and going to different film festivals, I have had so many great. Filmmakers and documentarians, and specifically in, in Philadelphia, a local filmmaker. Her name is Jeff Wright. She produced a documentary on um, the reality, the harsh reality of human trafficking in Pennsylvania and in different regions. And she, um, it's a two-hour documentary. It's called From Liberty to Captivity. Um, she's also a, a really strong Christian, and you know, not perfect. No one's perfect, but I, I just, she's just a great mentor. Um, and has taught me so much and anytime I have a question or you know we're you know texting back and forth you know especially after you know what happened in 2020 we were you know kind of leaning on each other sometimes for prayer or whatever it was but yeah she's complete inspiration um you can look that up from liberty to captivity it's just I think it's online now on iTunes too
1: that is great. And when you mentioned the idea of mentorship, you know, last week in my inaugural episode, I had on two gentlemen that have been mentors to me for quite some time and had a huge impact on me. So my recommendation to the listening audience, if you don't have a mentor today, you really need to get one because mentors can speak words of life into you and completely change the course of your life and help shape you and guide you. Nicole, yeah. I, I know you do a lot of other work besides just your documentaries, and I know that we work together at Haven. Can you tell our listening audience specifically what your role is there and how you got started with it?
2: Oh, sure, sure, yes. Um, well, just as uh, I've done over so many years, every time I've moved, I've always had to look for employment, and uh, moving back to the Northeast, um, originally from New York, <laughs> um, you know, kind of did a little bit of networking and had an opportunity to meet the former director of Haven Women, and she she knew my background, you know, after we talked, and she said, oh my goodness, it would be great for you to, um, you know, create a short film for us, and and um, I said, sure, sure, you know, of course I was, you know, doing a lot of different things there and job searching, so I, I definitely... Um, it, um, you know, at my leisure, but it was impactful. It was a five-minute, you know, short film and and kind of told the story of Haven Women. And then shortly after that, um, connected to Dana Spains is the President Emeritus. And she said she was hiring a grant writer. And I said, oh, goodness, I would love, you know, the opportunity. And even though um, I really did not ever write a (laughs) grant, she knew that I was a great storyteller. She's like, wow, this is great. You know, it's a great Way to transfer those skills, and you know, I I definitely agreed. And um, so I started as a grant writer, and, and um, continued on with many different uh, activities and responsibilities, creating awareness about the new organization. Because prior, well, we just you know, for prior to 2019, we didn't focus exclusively on women. So uh, created some great relationships in the Philadelphia area, and. Um, Uh, definitely helped um, Haven move forward in terms of um, philanthropic support and uh, and then also helped with um, certain programming. Of course, 2020, uh, a lot of activities came to a halt because of the pandemic, but we really forged ahead, Um, not only me. It was a collaborative effort between, well, you definitely and and, and Dana and the team and Impact Services. We... um, Really, um, you know, join forces, and uh, we have a have a solid team and a solid plan moving forward as far as helping our ladies move forward and supporting our veteran women. So day to day, I um, you know I check in with um, you know as much as I can, and um, I have a full time gig uh, at another organization which also partly focuses on veteran housing projects, which is amazing, um, <clears throat> but definitely helping out with any anything that they really need uh, as far as their day-to-day. Uh, they all have my cell phone number. If they need to text or call me, I am always available. And um, also help the ladies um, plan for their transition as they search for permanent housing uh, in terms of anything they need um, you know, to move forward and be successful.
1: So, Nicole, you and I have worked together for quite some time, and you mentioned grant writing and going in to check on the ladies from time to time. But I also know there's a lot of behind-the-scenes work that you've been doing in your time there, and certainly in the time that I've been working with you. And we've even gone so far as to pray with and for a number of residents in weekly prayer calls. So I'm really curious about your why. Right? I, I understand how you got started in it, but you have a real passion for it, and you're really committed to it. What's your why behind being involved with Haven and all the great work that you're doing there?
2: Well, yeah. <clears throat> um, I think it's it's part of my DNA going back to my younger years. I've always wanted to better someone else's life. Um, whether it was a friend, a family member, um, you know, my kids as, as time you know progressed, um, but definitely wanted to help veterans um, specifically uh, because I experienced so much firsthand in the military community with, you know, best girlfriends. And as I created these relationships, um, even women, you know, they became, you know, so we just became so close. You know, we prayed, you know, even some women that have moved on, we're, you know, we're still connected. We still pray together. And it, it just... It really is part of you know my mission and, and overall purpose and really why I am on this earth. You know uh, is to to really serve those women that you know that serve our country and serve so selflessly and, and face challenges. And um, you know they say that you know there's always something that you know we do in a self selfish way. And I've never viewed myself as a selfish person, but um, in a sense, you know, being a servant. And, and that being part of who I am, again, part of my DNA, um, I don't think that I could really pursue anything other than, you know, serving others and, and helping their lives become, you know, what they want it to be.
1: Well, Nicole, you know, we only have about a minute left, but um, before we go and cut to a commercial, I wonder if you could just very quickly share with our listeners the greatest thing that brings you joy in helping our Female homeless veterans to get back on their feet and become productive members of society. What's your favorite thing about being involved in this mission set?
2: I really enjoy the um, the, the the communication and, and relationships that that I do form, and the fact that um, anything anything that I do, whether it's you know helping purchase um, a bed or helping someone research a job or or an educational opportunity when I see that um you know that hope inside of their their spirit and and I can brighten their day and just really any way you know that that to me is is worth it and I would be there I would be supporting them until I'm 99 <laughs> I would yeah that is my yeah, favorite part because um if I didn't see that progress you know I wouldn't give up until I until I did see that, progress and that you know, that um, resident or, you know, friend really, um, really felt at peace, um, you know,
1: looking at the future. Nicole, amen. That is all I can say. What you yeah. talked about in just your why and th- the things that bring you joy is the whole purpose of this show, serving our nation. So we're going to go to a commercial, yeah. but I just want to reiterate to our listeners that the whole point of this show is to bring hope. Through the darkness. We're going to go to a commercial now so we can pay our bills, but this is 1400 WOND. Nicole, thank you much for joining us today on Serving Our Nation, and we'll be joined in the near future by Miss Kristen Leone.
0: 1990 to 2020. For 30 years, the most trusted name in South Jersey news. News Talk 1400 WOND. W-O-N-D Pleasantville. If you're interested in connecting with Dr. Paul McCullough or interested in being featured on the show, contact Jacob Media Partners via LinkedIn. Now back to Serving Our Nation.
1: And welcome back to Serving Our Nation on 1400 WOND. I'm Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and the addictive of this show is to bring hope into the darkness. And my next guest today is Ms. Kristen Leone. Kristen, are you with us? Yes, I am. Kristen, Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to have you as a guest because of the synergy that we've had in the last few months since I've met you. Can you just briefly tell our guest uh, how we met and how that relationship has grown over time?
2: Uh yes, I can. Uh, and thank you for having me on today. I'm happy to uh happy to talk. So, I so I was uh, last year, I decided to run for Miss Veteran America. I noticed the post on their social media page on Facebook. They were looking for contestants, and I thought this looks like fun, and I needed a new challenge since I had finished graduate school the year before. So I threw my name in the uh, in the ring for the contest, and as I was advocating on behalf of homeless female veterans, uh, I came upon uh, Joe Griffey's, and he has a radio show, and he offered me to come on the show to talk about homeless female veterans and the advocacy work that I was doing on their behalf, and that is where you and I met.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm so thankful to Mr. Joe Gurfees because that was my first opportunity to go on to radio, and it was obviously also where I first met you. Uh, We had a great show together that day many months ago, and I'm sure that we're going to have a great show again together here today. Uh, So with Miss Veteran America, I remember before we went on to Joe Griffey's show and we were in the back room, you were talking to me about your platform as Miss Veteran America and uh, how that related to homelessness. Uh, Can you briefly talk about that and why you are passionate about that?
2: Yeah, yeah, I can, actually. So Miss Veteran America is a contest that helps support Final Salute, and Final Salute is an organization that's solely dedicated to helping homeless female. Veterans, And as I entered the contest, I was shocked to learn at how terrible the numbers are with um, homeless female veterans. And part of the problem is that it's hard to get an accurate count. Like, we know there's approximately 4,500 homeless female veterans across the country, but that number could be double, if not triple, because of how the, the way that they are, you know, they're counted. Uh, and I was almost embarrassed uh, to one extent being a woman in the military, and I didn't know how bad the problem actually is. Homeless female veterans are the fastest rising population of homeless in this country, faster than their male veteran counterparts and faster than their female civilian counterparts. So my passion was spurred because I didn't realize how bad the problem was. And I've always been the person that, Fight for the underdog, or fight for those who can't fight for themselves, and being a nurse and advocating for you know people who really need it has always kind of been second nature to me.
1: Kristen, as a woman, like how does that make you feel that there are more homeless female veterans than anybody else in the population, more than men, more than children? Like, I, I'm sure that's got to really uh, bother you and motivate you to do something about that.
2: Uh, it, It does, and I was talking to a friend of mine who is a former Army, and she. one of the things that we were talking about is how when women are in the military, we're very visible and easy to see, but the minute we get out of the service, people forget about us, and through no fault of their own, the VA is there to help veterans when we get out of the service, but most of the programs are geared towards men because most people in the military are men, So most of the programs are geared towards men. So when a woman who is homeless goes to the VA for help, she may get help, she may not, depending on her geographic location. But one of the things that we know about homeless female veterans is that 70% of them are single mothers. So if you go to the VA for help and you're homeless and you have children with you, your chances are even slimmer that there's going to be resources there to help you. So as a woman, I feel it's my duty to help my fellow sisters-in-arms who have now got they served their time, many of whom have been deployed into combat zones, and now they're asking for help of the country as they served and protected, and you know they need our help and they deserve our help, so we need to fight for them.
1: A hundred percent, and I know that now uh, you and I are fighting for them together in our roles at Haven. So you are the vice president at Haven. Can you talk a little bit about what's involved with that and how you help our... Female homeless veterans in that capacity.
2: So my role uh, as vice president, is, you know, in the board is to yes, I vet the volunteers. My role is to support you as the president and be there to support the team uh, board, of the board of directors. But my role at largely is to advocate on behalf of homeless female veterans and making sure that they're getting not only the resources that they need, but we're making sure that they have skills and support once they leave, you know, the, the homeless shelter, it's great that we provide them a place to stay to get back on their feet but one of the things that, you know, female homeless veterans bring to the table is, you know, they come with military sexual trauma, they come with PTSD, they come with domestic violence issue, you know, issues, they you know, need support and getting back on their feet uh, and as a result of everything that they've experienced. So, yes, we want to give them a place to stay so they can get back on their feet but we want to provide them with mental health support. We want to give them job training. We want to give them skills that they need so they can be successful once they leave the shelter and, you know, return back to society and rebuild their life.
1: So, Kristen, I love that you're talking about skills and support. Because a few months ago, you and I and Nicole, that was just on as a guest, we spent some time at my house developing a curriculum, specifically to get after these concepts that you're talking about of providing support uh, to deal with all aspects of human development for these veterans. Can you talk a little bit about that and what's coming up in the pipeline that we're going to uh, be helping these female homeless veterans with? Yeah, yeah I'm happy to.
2: So, you know, as someone somebody like myself who has personally experienced domestic violence, who has personally experienced PTSD, uh, you know, a lot of the women are coming with these issues, but they also come with substance abuse issues as well. And when you're sitting around in a house, yes, it's great that you have a a clean, dry, warm, safe place to lay your head. But when you're bringing these other issues, if you're not keeping yourself busy and processing everything that you've been through, uh, you know, what, what's that saying, what idle hands of the devil work? Um, <laughs> so if you, we give them things to do to, A, keep them busy, B, give them skills, and C, give them ways to process all their promises that they are successful and not wanting to revert back to their old ways that probably led to them being homeless in the first place, giving them tools like, you know, heroic gardens coming in and just providing them with plants and showing them how to plant and garden and water and take care of something and nurture something, they make the connection that they need to nurture themselves too. And it also gives them a safe place to talk about and process some of the things that they, they've been through. You know, we give them, you know, tools like we're hoping to give them technology so they can learn to do basic word processing so they can apply for jobs. You know, and we're going to give them, you know, preparation on how to write a resume Let's be honest, a lot of women who join the military, 18, out of high school, they've never had to write a resume because they've been in the military. So giving them that tool, that skill, so they can prepare themselves. And then we want to give them interview prep because most people aren't prepped to go into an interview. There's definitely a way to prepare, to present yourself in the best manner in an interview. Let's be honest, we're not even giving that stuff to our kids in high school and college right now. So... You know we're giving them a leg up on a lot of things that people aren't you know the kids aren't even getting yeah. You know, giving them you know arts and crafts that they can you know keep their minds busy you know to teaching them self-defense because if you come with military sexual trauma and domestic violence you know background you want a way you you need to take back control and one of the best ways we can do that for them is to teach them self-defense taught by you know myself uh, with my martial arts background, but giving them a way to know that they have control and they will have a way to defend themselves if they're ever in a situation where they need to. Giving them financial planning and, you know, financial preparedness. I mean, I didn't know how to balance a budget until I got divorced and, you know, had to figure it out myself. Um, so how to manage a budget once you, you know, get your own place and get a job and how do you manage all of that those things? Yeah. So we're giving them tools. So, yes, we're keeping them busy, but we're giving them ways to process everything that they've been through, healthy ways to, to deal with their stress and, and their anxiety and their frustrations as opposed to reverting back to, you know, substance abuse or, or drinking or, you know, basically just kind of, you know, letting their, their anger out and lashing out at people around them. So we're giving them tools to, yes, help them be successful, but also like, that, so that they learn how to take care of
1: themselves. Kristen, I love all these different programs that we're working on together, and we have about five minutes left, so you have a number of other areas that you're also a servant leader, and I want to briefly touch on those before we have to go to a commercial. So can you briefly also tell our listening audience, why did you choose to be a nurse? How did you serve others in that capacity, and maybe what's your most memorable moment as a nurse, as a servant leader in that capacity? Uh, So, you know, it's
2: it's just funny that, you know, you ask that question, you know, I've Known from the time that I was 12 years old that I wanted to be a nurse, and I think that nursing chose me. Uh, I didn't have any nurses in my family. There were no, at that time, there weren't any nursing characters that that I kind of sat and thought, oh, that's what I want to do. I really feel like it chose me. Uh, I've always been, you know, somebody who always, like I said, I advocated for the underdog and you know, I always, you know, took, look, looked out for my younger brother. I was always rescuing stray and injured animals, you know, in the neighborhood and bringing them home and, you know, nursing them back to health. So I feel like the path of nursing chose me and I love being able to take care of people uh, and no matter, you know, which end of the pendulum, the, the life, it, it swings, you know. Um, I've seen great things happen. I've seen the best in people and I've seen... Um, the worst in people, and I have to say my most memorable moment for me in my career happened just a few years ago, and I was working for um, Bay Out of Home Healthcare, and I had a young young baby who was I had multiple congenital anomalies, and the family decided to bring her home on hospice, and the mom called me, you know, very scared about what was going on in that moment, and I, even though I had just come home from work, I got right back in my car and got to the, that's the family as soon as I possibly could to help them and guide them and support them through the dying process for their, their infant. And, you know, it was, I am humbled to have been able to be a part of that experience because I was able to support this family and make it, you know, a, as awful as the situation was that they were losing their child. It was a positive moment because we kept, the environment calm and quiet and, and peaceful and and I don't want to say restful, but it was just I gave them what they needed to process everything as it was happening in the moment. And one of the things that I tell my students when I'm teaching is that, yes, as nurses we need to be confident 100% in our medication administration, in our assessment skills, but the best nurses that I know are the ones who are human in every sense of the word and being with this family to support them as their child passed away was really like a truly humbling and beautiful experience for me to be a part of with them. And they, yes, they were upset, but the little things that I did, like making sure she went with her favorite toy, dressed in their favorite outfit, and I made sure that everyone had a chance to hold her one last time you know, when they finally said goodbye, and that to me is, it was the probably one of the most memorable moments in my career, because it was just humbling and, and beautiful to be a part of that with them.
1: Kristen, that is such a touching story, and I am so thankful that you share that with us, and, you know, another way that you serve is in your capacity as a naval officer, and I don't know about you, but in my capacity serving in the Army, I had to deliver tough messages when people were losing a loved one uh, in, you know, similar circumstances to what you described. So, you know, we have about two minutes left. I'm curious, why did you join the Navy, and what's your current role there, and how do you serve others as a Naval officer?
2: So, uh, I joined about 10 years ago (laughs) because I always wanted to do it, and, you know, I have a family history of of military service on my mother's side and my father's side, mostly Army and um, one Navy, one Air Force. And I said, you know what, I was getting a little older, and I had always wanted to do it, and I kind of hit that age where I was like, okay, it's now or never, <laughs> got to do it. And uh, I have to say I have no regrets. I lo- For me, I love the idea that I'm the first woman in my family to serve. Like I feel very empowered. Uh, and it makes me, it's even more important for me when I'm out in the community that I am a role model to young girls uh, and, you know, that I teach at the karate school, that I teach in, you know, nursing schools, that I encounter when I'm a substitute school nurse, my patients, my their families. It's important to me. And so I have, um, I'm a currently lieutenant commander in the Navy Nurse Corps. Uh, I was deployed to Kandahar, Afghanistan in 2015. Um, was it scary? Yes. But did I learn a lot about myself and about life in general? Absolutely. I mean, there's no there's no greater lesson than learning to live each day as it comes and to just serve those around you and be a role
1: model. Amen. Kristen, you talk a lot about being a role model, and you are in so many different areas that you've talked about. So very quickly, in the last minute that we have left, so I know that you have a new show called Breaking Barriers. Can you just share quickly what the premise of the show is and how we can tune in to learn more about you and other people that are breaking through barriers?
2: Yeah, so my show Breaking Barriers can be seen on rvntelevision.com, and I have filmed six episodes so far. And the premise of the show is to educate, motivate, and inspire. So I had on most recently a, a former patient of mine who was a premature baby, and I had him and his mom on to talk about their journey from him being a medically fragile child and dependent upon technology to being free of all that technology and how he's compensating for, you know, his, the delays that he has and how well he's doing despite that. Uh, I've had on a, a fellow female veteran on the show who has her own business. And again, same thing, loves to just serve her community and be a role model to others. And I had a physician on to talk about the vaccine because I really wanted to get the the truth out there about the vaccine and kind of dispel some of the myths and fears that were out there about it. So I'm very excited to to have my show. And, you know, I have teenagers on who are making a difference in their school and their community. It's just an extension of me to be able to be a role model and to continue to serve my community in other ways.
1: Well, Kristen, thank you so much for sharing with our listening audience all that you are doing today. It is a privilege and an honor to serve with you in the many different ways that we work together. And we're going to go to a commercial now, but uh, you're listening to Serving Our Nation on 1400 WOND. Join us again in just a few minutes. If you can feel it, somebody testify. If you believe
0: You're listening to Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough, a Jacob Media production.
1: And welcome back to Serving Our Nation on WOND 1400, produced by Jacob Media. So today we've had some really incredible guests, people that I have the privilege of working with at Haven, people that serve the veteran community, they serve the military community, and it really just highlights the point that I've been trying to make that you can serve in any walk of life. You can serve people in the business community, as uh, Kristen does in her work with uh, being as a nurse. You can serve in the community, how Nicole is doing in her work with documentaries. You can serve people through faith. You heard Nicole talking about how she prays for people. And you heard Kristen talking about how she was there when a family needed her the most, uh, when family was losing their loved one. You can serve in the military. You heard Kristen talking about her experience as a lieutenant commander in the Navy. So there's so many different ways that you can serve. And in the last couple of minutes that we have here together, I just want to share a personal story with you. I really believe that when you put good into the universe, that good will come back to you. And so a number of years ago, specifically on May 2nd, 2016, I had a very unique opportunity. And that was to donate a kidney. So the backstory on that, my uncle, uh, he is just about 30 years older than me. And he found out a couple years prior to the donation that he had kidney failure. And at the time, he was level three. And so the doctor said to him, hey, you might want to start asking family members if they'd be willing to get tested because you're kind of heading down the path where you wouldn't need to get a kidney replaced. And so he asked everybody in the family, his wife, his daughters, his sister, everybody, including me. And I was the only person in the family to be a match. And more to the point, I was an exact match. And so it really became a rhetorical question of whether or not I was going to give the kidney. Because my uncle had served as kind of a father figure to me since the time I was in college. So it was give the man the kidney – or watch the man die because at that point he had had to go on kidney dialysis and he was barely able to walk at all and he was not looking good his color was not looking good and so I went through all the procedures and my blood was tested and they made double sure that I was a good match and the doctor said that I was actually a perfect candidate and I even had to get approval from the United States Army because I was still in at the time because. As a soldier, you are technically the property of the U.S. government. And so I had to get approval from the Army Surgeon General to donate a kidney and say, Yea, verily, I understand that if something happens to me during the surgery, I don't hold the Army responsible and I know the Army can kick me out. But I was willing to take that risk. And so with the good coming back to you, in the last five years, I've had such a privilege and an honor to spend time with my uncle about once a month. He lives only 15 minutes from me. And I can go and spend time with him. He's been a mentor to me and a friend to me and a father figure to me for like 30 years. Right. And so being able to just go spend time, I just saw him yesterday. And we spent like three hours together. And he would just, you know, just show love to me and speak words of life into me and give me encouragement and hope and make me smile and feel good about myself. So I put good into the verse, And the good that came back to me was being able to have another five and hopefully 10, 20 more years with my uncle. So I would just say to everybody that's listening today, don't be afraid to put good into the universe because it will come back to you. Next week, I have two more very special guests. I'm privileged to have Mr. Jimmy White. Jimmy's a minister like me. He's also a veteran, and he's also a very well-known speaker for the Travis Mannion Foundation. Along with Jimmy, I have Colonel Retired Dean DeSibio. I first met Dean DeSibio when uh, we did a speaking event for travis manion foundation together Uh, he and i are also speakers for that and dean is also the ceo of the colonel's leadership council and he's also a veteran obviously he's a retired colonel so lots to talk about next week i'm very excited about my guest i would encourage you to check out my website reverenddrpaul.com that's r-e-v-d-r-paul.com and until we talk again next week I would encourage you to always ask in every situation that you're in, no matter who you're talking to, how can I help? Be that servant leader. Thanks for listening. This is Serving Our Nation today on WOND 1400.
0: Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness.